As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? Why are you, Why mad? you mad? Hey, Louisa, what's up? Uh, nothing, man. What's up? How you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm just chilling. I'm doing nothing. I feel, like I, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. Look, I already forgot how to do this. I'm bumping into shit, looking away. Yeah. Uh, why was it? Oh, we argued on the last one. Yeah, no, we'll it's... talk about that on the mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will do my full apology rounds on the mailbag. So if you want to hear it, I'm sorry, everybody. I feel like for the page. <laughs> if you're a Patreon listener of the show and you listen to this yeah. episode where we got into a fight and then you saw that like the show didn't come out for a week. That probably reads as like we're on some huge fucking argument with each other and have not been working on the show, but it just happens that we both got busy a week after that. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. matter at all. But if you want to hear the details about that, since, you know, parasocial yeah. entertainment is essentially a soap opera, then you can. Well, uh, not just. Yeah, not just that. Sorry to interrupt you again. See, okay. <laughs> I am okay. in a good week, but I'm working on it. Um, not just that, but also um, a lot of people wrote to us, uh, not just via Patreon, but e email and stuff. And uh, some people made really good additional points. Uh, some people took sides between us. <laughs> some people <laughs> straight up hate me for interrupting you and not letting you talk. Other people think this is your worst opinion ever, Jake. That's what somebody <laughs> said, that this is what your worst take ever. Uh, uh, so we'll dig into all of that uh, because it was a very, it struck a chord when it, honestly... Oh, one of the things that pissed me off was that I was like, shit, I thought this was just going to be like a throwaway comment. Why are we arguing about it? And that's why I was like, wait, what? Why are we talking about this? Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about this later. Well, it's so, like, it's oh, like, oh, a, sorry, go ahead. oh, no, I'm interrupting you now. It's fucking, you know, it's <laughs> no, right. go, we go, both go. do it all the time and shit. Now I'm all, now, now we're both like hyper conscious about it. And it's going to be weird, you know, so I'll try not to do it. But like, it's just the way we talk. It's fine. But I was it's also, but it, but honestly, I am hyper conscious of it in my family because my mom talks like that and interrupts people and fucking changes the subject in the middle. And like, I partially know it's like ADHD shit and trauma brain shit, but it's also like culturally, yeah, like a weird kind of. I don't know how to not read it as disrespectful when she does it to me, you know, even though I don't think she means it as disrespectful. So I try not to do it to people, and most of the time I don't. But sometimes I feel miserable. Well, there's <laughs> then, also this thing where it's yeah. like almost sometimes you'll say it's like an ethnic thing of certain groups or like, yeah. like I, I went over to my friend's house one time and he was like, the way we talk is we talk over each other. So if you want to get a word yeah. in at the table, everyone just sort of like it's like sticking your fork out of the table and grabbing a thing or whatever. And he was like. It's because we're, I don't even fucking remember he was white. It was like yeah. a weird thing, like they're Irish or something. I don't know. But like, yeah. I don't even know if that's true. But when I, sometimes when I think about it, cause I, I am like super sensitive to it because of weird ADD stuff where I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. a paragraph talker, like I say all the time. And so yeah. whenever I feel myself jumping at someone who's doing that, I'm like, oh no, am I doing like white colonizer shit where I'm like, no, fuck you. We talk formally with, you know, periods <laughs> and punctuation. Like that yeah. feels like maybe what's going on, but I don't know. But anyway, I I worry about that too, honestly. And I guess since we got into it real quick here, uh, I worry about that too because then I'm like, "Oh, I'm expecting like my mom to talk more white, right? Like to be yeah. more like And there is a <clears throat> I don't know. I think we brought it up here, but there is a concept called uh, I think it's called cooperative communication. 
And it is this concept in which um, the way that people, a group of people communicate is not in the very like Western Anglo-Saxon patriarchal way of like, I speak, you listen, then you ask questions and then you shut up and I speak and you listen, you know, yeah. but in the um, overlapping communicating way. But the way that it's explained and what I saw, it's that, you know, people do interrupt each other, but it is meant in a way of like completing and adding to each other's points, you know? Yeah. And I do think that you and I most of the time do that when we interrupt each other. So it's not a problem. And the only time that there is a problem, and not just between you and me, but like anyone or between me and other people, I guess, um, is when it becomes, um, or when one of us or both of us perceives the interruption to not be in an attempt to complete or add to the point, but to change the subject or count, you know, like, I don't know, or to attack or something like that. Yeah. So then you get defensive. So I don't know. It's weird. I definitely uh, was on my period. <laughs> and it's terrible because you're like, oh, that's like a bad feminist thing to say. But then like, dude, then the app is like, oh, by the way, this is your time. And I'm like, fuck. That's why I fucking yelled at everyone. <laughs> and it's like not even I don't do it. It's not like I have it. And then I'm like, oh, it's an excuse to do it. I am literally one of these women that has to have an app to remind me uh, because, well, a little sex ed education, sex ed. Yeah, that's a saying it twice. For people, uh, some with certain birth controls, you don't get your period. You do ovulate and stuff, but you don't like bleed. So you might not realize that it's actually your week in which you're cycling, but then you are going through like a hormonal cycling. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's not to say like, oh, this is an excuse and it doesn't apply to all women and blah, 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 blah. But, uh, I definitely was totally like short tempered and a bitch (laughs) when it turns out that I'm on my period. Well, I mean, I can relate to that. Like, I'm a very moody person, you, and I you guys use get it all too. Sorts yeah. Of, like, I was just thinking, like, well, what's the analogy here in my life? And like, the first thing that jumped out at me is like maybe hangovers. Like, sometimes I have to apologize to people because I'm like, look, I was just really hungover when I snapped at you or whatever, and then it was just like because I was in physical pain and shit, which is weird to think of that as like a male period or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, but I don't know. Maybe. Well. The equally problematic one uh, as being like, oh, sorry, I was on my period is, uh, I don't say blue balls, but like not having fucked in a long time or not having come in a long time. Yeah, sure. And I, and I say it's problematic because I'm not trying to be like, oh, forgive men if they're shitty when they haven't come. <laughs> I'm not saying that because you also shouldn't just forgive women for being shitty when they're on their period. People shouldn't be shitty, period. Right. So you should like period. deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the double exclamation point. There. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know what I mean? So it's not like an explanation is not an excuse. If anything, it's like more of like uh, an explanation to yourself. So like it's on me that I should be more aware of when I am not really in the right mindset to get into a fucking debate about some shit I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because then I'm going to be rude about it or get into some deep conversation with my mom about my childhood because then I'm going to be a bitch to her. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. whatever. So steer clear during that week. That's my responsibility because I'm not physically and mentally in the best space for it. So I think that's a useful way to think of it, which I think maybe like men could be like, okay, if I haven't come, I shouldn't fucking ex- like be near women. <laughs> I shouldn't <laughs> or people. get into an argument about like guns rights. Yeah, or something, exactly. You I'm should like, fucking go jerk mood. off. Yeah. 
go jerk off a couple of times <laughs> and then get into a debate. Nah, you know what though? I mean, this is so layered. Like I'm thinking about <laughs> this too. We're also what, like looking back on when we were recording the other week and we got into that shit. Mm. I warned myself before we even started. I was like, just because we're friends and I have a sense for what's up with you, yeah. Like at any given point, I knew it was a bad idea to get into a thing that we disagreed about because I could tell <laughs> you weren't in a good mood. Not for that reason. I just also <laughs> yeah, knew no. that like other stuff was going on and shit. Yeah, I and was I, not in a good mood. I remember going like, "Why am I doing this?" Like right as I started, because yeah. I was like, "This is gonna get bad." And then I was also Same. like, "I'm also in a isn't weird that mood. funny." Yeah. Like imagine in like like in romantic relationships because I don't really get into arguments like that in rom- romantic relationships, but I get in arguments like that with my friends. So like this has happened with Trey. <laughs> this has happened with Billy Wayne sort of on the show too, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, where it's like with friends where it's like this fucking like deep passionate disagreement where I think when we both when we talk about it, where b- both sides are like yeah, I could see where I was like, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I should have just backed out of this conversation and I didn't want to get into it. <laughs> but I just kept going. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't know. And so I have heard of people having this kind of situation in a romantic relationship where they're arguing and they just can't help but snowball it by like continuing to fucking bring shit up and like, you know, and just not let it go or whatever. Yeah. Uh Harsh, man. You should not be in romantic relationships like that. Uh, get a friend that you can do that with <laughs> once a month or whenever your thing is. What? And don't date people that you have that kind of communication with. I always feel like I get into like romantic relationships where like that is a problem in it. And it's like a mm-hmm. red flag immediately because like I'll be like it, with someone who will get into fights and it'll like drag and be present forever and become this permanent oh, like this permanent presence. Whereas like I will literally tell that person sometimes like like you need to let it go like look i can do this with my other friend and i have friends like you that i can just get into shit like that with and then like Mm. instantly be like completely over it because it just is isolated into this thing that doesn't actually personally like project onto oh now i think less of the person or whatever i think that they think this or that or you're like a racist or whatever the fuck and it's weird but it's not all friendships either because i was gonna say well maybe it's romantic versus friendships but no i mean there's there's people who i can't really like isolate and compartmentalize that sort of stuff with either but then there's also just friends of mine i've had where i'm like yeah we fight all the time and it's just like debate like it's just like fun you know or like discourse or whatever sometimes we get angry at each other and then we go hey sorry you know like (laughs) yeah i used to have friendships like that when i was working at bars a lot where like uh me and my (laughs) me and my old boss he uh he punched me in the face one time and it was was, i got really pissed off at him and then like the next day (laughs) this is when we were drinking late at night he did it as a joke but i was too drunk so i got pissed off and i shouldn't have because he didn't hit me very hard and then like the next day when i went into work it was all weird and he just came up to me and he just like handed me a shot and he was like punch me in the face (laughs) and i I did it and then we were like you know really good and you're like over it yeah Yeah, i peeked in somebody's living room once and then uh I went to the bar where they had their show. This is like before I was a booker, okay? Nobody think that I'm this inappropriate now. <laughs> this is when I first started drinking. Uh, and I just like hung out at shows. I peeked in somebody's living room and then I like, you know, you got to face your fucking mistakes. So I went to their show the next week and I like bought them a shot. And I was like, dude, sorry about your living room. And yeah. They forgave me, you know, it was fine. Uh, but it's funny because I was about to say the words, well, we are not conflict averse. And then you said, and then he punched me in the face. <laughs> and it's like, wait, 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 wait. 
I'm a little conflict averse, I guess. <laughs> I don't want to get punched in the face. I mean, I have been, so it's fine. That's the story we're going to tell one day. But um, anyway, we'll talk more about that on the mailbag because we want to hear from the people and their opinion on mansions and socialists having stuff. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was reminded of it today because... Yeah. Uh, all the AOC shit is going on because mm-hmm. she would address yeah. the Met Gala. And, like, I had this weird moment where, like, I think I finally got to the bottom of the internet or, like, ran out of the <laughs> chips in the proverbial bag or whatever because I started to kind of get engaged into it and I immediately cut myself off because I realized, and I think touring really fucking did this and hey, took it out of me. Yes. I just looked at it and I was like, this is a fucking waste of time. <laughs> like, this doesn't Who cares? Matter. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Who you just, cares? it's a Rorschach test. It's a thing that you'll just project whatever you want to onto. And it's, it, it really is meaningless in comparison to a lot of other things that have happened and just dryly and politically. And like, it's, uh, mostly it's, for but, you to sit and stare at your phone and just waste yeah. your time doing, you know? But it also is, uh, what do you call that, like a some zero game, because it also does no harm, honestly. Like, they, you know, so I saw some people being like, Ugh. it's like part of what is like uh, co-opting and fashion, like turning fucking actual activism into fashion and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't think that's true. And like people comparing that they were like outside of the Met Gala. Uh, yeah, let's fucking get into it, actually. Let's talk about the real fucking rich people on this shit, because, <laughs> you know, there was a like, conversation or like I saw people commenting about how like the real activism was happening outside where people uh, were getting um, arrested for protesting. Fuck, I forgot what they were pro- protesting. It was so like police maybe. stuff or something. I oh, saw po- it. yeah, police stuff. Sorry. I, I read a lot of shit today for this, actually. <laughs> I finally prepared for once. Um and it's still going to sound the same. I just am going to talk about a lot of different topics. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, I just don't think that that's the same because wearing like your own message, whether it's fucking like I love robots and I'm a goth, you know, whatever the fuck. Like, look at uh, what's her fucking face married to Elon Musk. Did Grimes. you see her little outfit? Yeah. Grimace. Yeah. Did you see her little outfit? Uh, Yeah. She has sword and shit. Yeah, she had a sword, but the sword specifically, it was made out of metal that was melted down, a melted down AR-15. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I'm not even going to get into interpreting that for you, but I just want to say that, like, celebrities having a point of view, whether it's fucking really stupid and vapid or political and like has some fucking point has always been a thing. That's always been a part of what they did in this bullshit. Right. And so what we have now is like a celebrity politician who is quote, the most progressive or one of the most progressive Democrats. Um, who gives a shit? She went, she wore a dress, which was frankly pretty fucking ugly. <laughs> you know what actually happened? Uh, when I first saw it, I saw a photoshopped version and it said, eat the rich. Okay. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, well, you know, that's not bad. It's pretty good. Right. People are comfortable. Who cares? The first thing and that's then, lame about it is that you notice yeah. that it's not eat the rich, it's tax the rich. You're like, right. What? Which is not in, well, <laughs> Jake, weak. and this is what's crazy is for leftists who everybody assumes she's like ours, you know? Yeah. But that is actually like tax the rich is not an anti capitalist message. No, it's regulating. It's regulating. It's like a good capitalism is possible message. It's a fucking what's her face? They ran for president. Snake lady. What's her name? Warren. It's that kind of a message. Warren. Yes. Warren would also wear this dress. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it isn't a such a like a progressive leftist fucking 
strike out there in this political way, but it's her fucking representing herself because she is a celebrity of sorts and she's there and whatever. Who gives a shit? Uh, if anything, I guess the good thing is that it did get like a lot of people talking about it and thinking about it, I guess, more than usual, uh, which you hope moves something, someone slightly more to the left of center a little bit. But what's more important here is the Met Gala and how bad it is. <laughs> uh, it's not necessarily that it's bad, Jake, but it's so fucking stupid. Like, you know, every year how like uh, Spotify, I don't know if you use Spotify, but Spotify gives you every year like your fucking stats. That's like, this is the number one artist that you listen to the most. Yeah. This is your favorite five songs, the top, top 10 genres you listen to. This is, you know, like all this shit. They even actually do things where they do concerts, right? Like secret concerts. Yeah. And they only invite the people that were the top 1% streamers of Whoa, that artist. Yeah. So then it's like your favorite fans or whatever. So they do some cool shit, but it's like all advertising, right? Because they don't pay their artists like at all <laughs> or like they don't pay people sufficiently for streaming. Right. Uh, as we know, Max is constantly reminding us from yeah. Eve 6. It's like less than a penny or some shit per stream. Um, so they get away with all this free promotion from all of us every December and January when we go crazy sharing on Twitter, like, oh my God, look at my fucking Spotify profile. This is my top artist. I'm the master of fucking goth, punk, metal, death, rock, whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and all because we're like, oh, this projects part of my identity and my interests. You know what I mean? But we don't see how it, like that's being co-opted, right? So all these fucking stupid celebrities... They're like, oh, I want to go to this party and I want to wear this stupid dress and I'm going to pay $50,000 to be at it because it's a charity event, right? Where that's how they're raising money is by getting the people who go there to pay to be there. And then they get to wear a fucking stupid dress, usually that they didn't even buy, but like some designer made for them or is lending them and all that shit is borrowed. So they're a walking ad <laughs> for a designer, for a jeweler, for whatever TV show and movie they're in. And then maybe some kind of political point of view or joke point of view or fucking fashion point of view that they personally have. Right. Right. And they all like frame it in this way of like, Oh, but this is for charity. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, why not let AOC wear her dress and tell her message for charity? Why not let all these fucking yeah. people? Also not like, socialism. Uh, yeah, exactly. Also not socialism. Number one, number two, man, fuck museums for real. Like, uh, so did you hear the Sackler news? This week, I think it was this week. No, what um, well, basically, uh, they made a deal so that they, the Sackler family is giving $4.8 billion to like help, like drug resistance and help programs and all that shit. Like basically to try to fix the problem they created. You get me? Yeah. Uh, with the condition that they have to be immune from prosecution, civil or otherwise, personally, the family themselves moving forward. Yeah. So this means that like no family member can sue the family directly oh, for having yeah. mailed opioids directly to a house where a child ate it out of Right. I, I read about that, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people because there was like a committee of um people who had were victims, you know, either were addicts or they had family members that were addicts and died. And they were responsible for like judging, like deciding, voting on whether or not to take the deal. And the majority of these family members and victims, et cetera, um, chose to take it because they thought that the greater good of this family donating all this money for programs that would help society 
was better in the end than individuals going after them and suing them for money for their damages. Okay. And, you know, I'm sure that some people will be helped by the money that they're giving. But as you said, charity is not socialism. Charity is also then, very like tax write offable for people exactly like Sackler organization. Like it's actually exactly. a great deal from them because they pretty much it is a get great deal. Back. Yeah, exactly. So these pieces of shit get to like walk off. You know, it just it honestly irks me, uh, you know, coming from my background, just like looking at anything. I'm like, it is crazy that um, there are people in jail for like decades for weed, that there are people that have lost their lives for drug trafficking, for drug dealing, <laughs> for like shit where they were like, we were giving drugs to adults who wanted to buy it of their own free will, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And these motherfuckers were like paying doctors to overprescribe. They were falsely giving information as to like what an adequate dose was so that people would be overdosed so that they would get addicted to higher dosages. You get me? Yeah. Uh, they did mail campaigns where they sent it out as like, oh, you know, like try this fucking new headache pill and whatever the fuck. And then people would be like, this is great. And they would go ask the doctor for it. Yeah, they made a uh, jazz album <laughs> of what they do. They I did a podcast about Sacklerolds a long time ago. And oh, it's like shit. They did all this crazy shit. They made a jazz album. They gave out to doctors. They made like merch, like stuffed animals and shit like that. And like if you sold enough of it, there's just all the Sackler swag you could get in shit. Prizes. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So these motherfuckers became billionaires off of literally murdering millions of people and uh one of the great things for them besides the fact that they are now immune from prosecution for this is that they still have their name on multiple cultural institutions around the united states and the world which is part of how they whitewash their money right so you know you mentioned the tax shelters and all of that shit but part of the way that they whitewash their um reputation they're museum people right yeah, is by donating millions of those dollars to museums. So like almost every every museum in New York City has a Sackler wing. At the Met, the Sackler wing is the wing that has uh it's like the big glass one where the big temple, the Egyptian temple is. Um the Temple of Dendur. You know which one it is. <laughs> where the big pool is. Everybody knows it's like to the right of the entrance. Okay. So it's like a big fucking wing. And the latest article that I could find is that as of 2020, what year? October 2020, the Met still says that the name of a Sackler wing is under review. <laughs> they haven't changed it yet. It still says it. Uh, the Guggenheim has one. Like every, every fucking museum has one. So that's them being pieces of shit. Then second, what do you think the money goes to for, for, for uh, the Met Gallet, Jake? Oh, I have no idea. It's nothing bad, but it's nothing good. What <laughs> like, is it? Uh, the money, all the money goes to the museum's costume institute. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is the museum's fashion department. Uh, according to Google, uh, let's see, it's the only department in the museum that has to fund itself. So they throw this giant gala oh. to make each one of those persons pays $50,000. So a costume department counts as a charity. And we all look at this as a charity, not as a hobby. Like, this shouldn't be a write-off. This is a hobby. Yeah, this doesn't right? do anything. <laughs> no, no, I'm not getting a write-off for throwing my money into doing stand-up shows. Right, right. Right? But for like, them, what are we doing like here? culture. Yeah. We're investing uh -huh. in culture. What about when I invest in culture individually? Oh, no tax write-off exactly. for me, right? Exactly. Only when rich people fuck? do it. Well, what the fuck? 
the, it's interesting. I hadn't really thought about this because whenever the Met Gala happens, I'm just surprised by it because it's, it's kind of like the yeah. Oscars or something. It's one of those things that like I don't just know, pops up. I don't pay attention to. I don't know. I think people that fucking like this shit are nerds. So when it pops off and everyone's like, I've been waiting all year for it. I'm like, who the fuck are you? You suck. And <laughs> but then it's like funny. I mean, I get they turn it into like memes and stuff like that. So I do get sucked into it. The only context I could really put together out of this. And this is also why I hesitated to form a really hard opinion on it is I don't know what the fuck this is and i don't really know the ins and outs of it but i immediately noticed that when she showed up wearing that dress um you know people started to get into these like uh big postmodern you know takes that you can you can make up a take using guy de board or deleuze or whatever the fuck if you really want to about anything you know and like yeah. i saw a lot of people saying like this is part of the spectacle and all that shit whatever fine but I, for me i immediately sort of look at all those people and it, I want to ask, like, do you understand two things, right? Right off the bat. One is she didn't make the dress. The dress was made for her by some lady. She did an Instagram post about it. <laughs> this is where my head went in circles a few times. Yeah. I kind of became an AOC defender for a minute where I was like, somebody <laughs> made the dress for her and she wore it, right? And yeah. in the post, she explains, you know, that this woman who made this dress was like, uh, she's like a black immigrant and she came from rags to riches and all this shit. But then I started reading yeah. into who that was and it's like, no, she didn't. She's a millionaire. Like, <laughs> so the, like this is, this sucks. That's liberal bullshit of like, oh, this person came from rags to riches. It's like, no, they're from yeah. a rich family. Right. So right off the bat, right. it's kind of bullshit again. So I went back around in a circle there. But then the other thing I think that like is kind of devoid of uh, the entire Twitter discourse is I think that the reason it says tax the rich on it is that the Met Gala has a theme every year. And then the, the thing that you do as a participant in it, this is essentially a costume party, right? You cr create a fashion thing that is like a comment on the theme. And so like last year or two years ago, it was camp. I remember. And so everyone was like, doing John Waters shit or something. I don't even right. understand that shit either. But this one, so that's why there were like these weird, um, oh, so the theme was uh, like American history or some shit, like American. American independence. Right, which is so weird. Like, why didn't that happen under <laughs> like the Trump presidency or whatever? Why is it happening now, you know? So one guy dressed as like a globe. So like, okay, that's an interesting <laughs> comment on imperialism or whatever. Um, you know, other, other people had these like pioneer things going on. It's all actually oh pretty God. lame. Let me interrupt you to yeah. add a point, but not a point, a point of your, to your thing. Uh, there was one lady, I don't recognize any of the celebrities also, by the way, so I don't know who the fuck she was, but some redheaded lady <laughs> yeah, wore, uh, what I believe was like a bulletproof or, you know, one of those flak vest things, but it was white and in red, it said, peg the patriarchy. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which does not make sense, Jake. Okay. Let's take a little detour here and talk yeah. about this. <laughs> it's really funny. So that her and AOC both essentially did the same thing, which is use a mm -hmm. red, like a white costume and then red letters mm -hmm. to make it look like you're doing like this Cruella graffiti fucking weird thing. This art graffiti which can I, thing. Which can I say that somebody commented, sorry, but somebody commented, uh, really giving a lot of Chick-fil-A vibes. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, I was that like, was holy shit. Fucking Zilla, because <laughs> she... If it had said "Eat the Rich," it would have looked exactly like those fucking cows painted it. Totally, it would have yeah. been so funny. Um, but like, okay, so like you look at this. So she's doing that Cruella shit, uh -huh. and it's like, yeah, what she's doing is ultimately harmless, and she's starting a conversation, etc. And like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to go as far as to say like I think she's working against the 
capitalism or, or like i mean against anti-capitalism or whatever in that way that the critique can be made but i do think that like it's pretty feckless because when celebrities just like tr- like pr- like play play activist like this they sort of speak in these platitudes that are really easy to pick apart so like i think with aoc's dress like in the theme of the thing i think it's like less tacky if you understand that the th- her like she's showing up as part of this weird gala thing and her contribution is well maybe part of american independence that is related to what i'm all about is like the idea of taxing people that still sucks but i think it sucks a little less maybe than what we were reading as before but this lady with the peg the patriarchy thing is so funny because um I've been reading, I went down a Twitter wormhole actually reading about mm-hmm. that. Like, cause I was trying to, like, the takes are kind of mind bending and fascinating. Yeah, and, yeah. like, uh, it's homophobic, I think, kind of, because it implies that, like, that sexual act is inherently, like, bad and dehumanizing right. or humiliating. And, yeah. like, nobody wants to have discourse about this, yeah. you know? But, like, the fact of the matter is, like, I mean, there's all well, these. Well, even op- before you go into it, Jake, like, they, she is literally equating, like, you can't pretend that's not what is meant because the, the clever part of it is that the common term, the common phrase is destroy the patriarchy, right? Or bring down the patriarchy. Smash or something, the patriarchy. Smash the patriarchy. Anything that means this, like taking it down, right? Yeah, yeah. Hurting it. And so that means that by saying peg the patriarchy, you're equating that as somehow another form of taking down the patriarchy. So either you're saying we take the patriarchy down through giving them pleasure by stimulating their <laughs> butt glands or you actually think that it is humiliating and debasing and would bring them down a notch to peg patriarchy. I mean, I think that's what she was saying. Like she meant to use it that way, which is like weird because on the one hand, so you got all these like super woke, like queer sex worky Twitter people are responding and making the obvious joke, which is like, the patriarchy loves that. Like, what do you mean? Have you ever met the patriarchy? <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. like it's fucking stupid. But then on the other hand, oh. you know, those people often, when they're bloviating about that and they're going like, you know, this is like a beautiful uh, sexual act between two people, and like you're getting it wrong. Well, they're kind of missing the joke, I guess. Like, honestly, this is a, pl- a case where I'm going. This person is being an edge lord, and they don't know it because the joke. Yeah. Sure, I mean it's the same way I would make a joke about like you know, bitch slapping someone or something. I mean, you could come in scientifically and go, if two people are love each other and they want to hit each other during sex, then it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. But it's like, we all know the joke I was making when I said I'm going to slap you or whatever, you know? Yeah. There's like a narrative and an intention there. But what's weird is like, the only people that agree with that angle of it are like horrible, horrible people. Like, th- <laughs> I, there are a lot of people in the replies to that fucking dress that are like guys that are going, yeah, that shit's gay. Like, pegging is gay it's a guy that wants to get fucked in the ass like and that's the thing that men really believe so yeah. on some level i mean she didn't she did get to them well no she, I mean, she didn't get to them at all she just agrees with them they're they're because like do the dudes who would really get hurt by that watch the met gala stuff no <laughs> so like yeah. all of this is devoid of any context yeah. that would make it meaningful at all yeah. right i mean that's kind of like why um when uh when the stupid fucking legion of skanks people docked my fucking bdsm porn and shit and they were like making fun of me for being you know uh somebody who enjoys shit like that honestly like uh you know what i did to fucking make fun of them 
I wrote a long thing, and at the end of that, I called them gay, right? And the reason yeah. being, a lot. some people were like, hey, did you have to use gay as an insult here at the end of this long thing that you wrote out? And the answer to that is, as a comedian, yes, because <laughs> that I'm speaking their language, you understand? That is yeah. the language that shitty guys use to insult each other. I don't think it's bad to be gay, but that was a... That was a, like a, a, a creative flourish, you understand? Like, the joke there is the switching of fucking tone to, like, you know, call, look, call if a 14-year-old kid on the street insults you and you call them gay, you don't think that's a bad thing, but they think it's the worst thing that's ever happened, and that's kind of funny in, like, an yeah. absurdist sort of way. But, mm-hmm. like, that being said, I don't think that's what this fucking person was intending with her thing at all. I think she just actually... uh I mean, there's just so many things wrong with it. A, that woman is the patriarchy. She's from money. She's white, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's and so on and so forth. But like, I think that the writing of shit on the clothes is, yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's just an illustration of. Uh, and it, I don't. It, obviously, it's so fucking feckless and lame, and it's just like these impotent, like rich people trying to uh, perform a form of activism that they are. It's impossible for them to even engage in. Yeah. And, you know, normally, I mean, I'm, I'm so online and I'm so on left Twitter that I would like, I look at this and I'm like, who cares? But then I sit down and I read liberal ass fucking friends of mine who I've known just through comedy who are the dorks that watch Met Gala and I'm watching them like just fucking gush over this stuff. And they're like, oh, the patriarchy that rules. Oh, AOC, I like her now. And I'm like, you know what? Actually, yeah, I I get getting pissed off about this because it does suck. Well, I totally agree with you. And that's why I would say that my main thing when I like I signed on and I saw what was happening and I was like, hmm, wow, I can't. I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, I was just like, who gives a shit? And the point that I came to, you have reaffirmed through this conversation, which is that it's honestly not our business. Um, I think that more often leftists in America need to realize that we don't need to involve ourselves in conversations that are actually between the center and the right. And we need to like start to make it clearer when uh, a person doesn't represent the left. You know what I mean? Like be not that you have to attack them, not any of that, but just like, it's not your fucking business. Who cares? Let the center and the fucking right argue about, you remember when they did that shit with, um, Trump's wife's jacket about how she doesn't yeah, care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, the, it's this. It's exactly this. <laughs> I was thinking and about that like, too because uh, yeah. what's really confusing about liberals through all Trump's <laughs> presidency was like, they kept doing this stuff where they would say like, they would take pictures of Melania and she's like pulling her hand away from Trump. So half mm-hmm. the time the narrative was that she's like, no, she's like He's with us. Him. Yeah. And then the other yeah. half of the time it's like, she wore that jacket. She's evil too. And it's just like, yeah, this is meaningless projection like this person is not thinking about you at all she's just thinking about whatever crazy shit goes on in melania trump's head while she's (laughs) married to a psycho who rules the world you know but like this is like a busy box it's like a fucking highlights magazine and go play with it you know and then we'll rob the world of all of its riches while you're like watching the news and then arguing about this like superficial bullshit which does lend some credence to the spectacle like argument i guess i don't know yeah, I mean, I don't know. Let it happen. I don't know. It doesn't need to stop. I'm not mad at it, but I just think uh, it does not worth our our space in our head, as everyone likes to say it now. Uh, it doesn't need to live rent free in our heads. What fucking politicians are wearing and what conservatives think about that, and how liberals want to defend that. 
just fucking let them and leave us more time for doing like, you know, if there was a lot of leftists making the point of like, that's not real organizing and that's not real socialism. Yeah. So fucking stay the fuck out of it. It's not your business. Well, Go do real socialism. Right. So there's two things about that, right? Yeah. One is I think that's a fallacious argument. Like people do this all the time. I know it's got, if anyone knows philosophy and like semantics better than me, there's yeah. probably a name for this, but I don't know what it is. So I've just been referring to it as like a insufficiency fallacy, but like, you know, this happens all the time with uh, my, my friend Andy from Antifada wrote a really great um, piece on anti-fascism while uh, all the Charlottesville stuff was kind of happening where people yeah. were arguing and saying uh, fighting Nazis is actually bad because, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's like it's not you think that's the revolution. That's not the revolution. You have to organize on all this stuff. And he sort of yeah. made this argument of like, well, historically, no one has ever no one who does this stuff has ever said this is going to lead to communism. It's just a thing yeah. that you do in the meantime. So arguing that something is insufficient is kind of a, a it's you're short circuiting the argument. Like it's no one was ever it's a, a, a false premise, I guess is what it is. Like yeah. no one was ever making the argument that AOC wearing a dress was going to cause all of communism to happen. It's just yeah. maybe like a tool, like, oh, maybe it's good that she spreads, you know, this information around or whatever. And like the other thing is, I mean, I, I think it's cringy as hell. And I do think that there is maybe an argument to be made that like, you know, capitalism has this way of commodifying anti-capitalism and then thus neutralizing it, which is something that Mark yeah. Fisher wrote about in capitalist realism and that people always refer to like, um, you know, Rage Against the Machine or Che Guevara t-shirts and things like that. And like how, you know, they, they take the weapon and they just sell it back to you and it makes it, you know, this thing that yeah. the experience of buying it keeps you from ever actually engaging with it. And like, sure, that's a heady philosophical argument that maybe has some weight to it. But ultimately, I think my take on AOC and with leftists that fucking freak out about her every week on Twitter is that I think that if you are that concerned with her... And you're that let down by her. That meant that at some point you had your hopes up and you thought this person was going to do more than be like a social Democrat in Congress. And it, that it happened, I think, because of naivete. Like you were probably younger and probably weren't up on your theory enough if you really like when she got elected. It was exciting when she got elected. But if you really believed that one congresswoman is yeah. supposed to do like this force the vote type of shit and like come in with a machine gun into Congress and like take over the whole fucking thing. Also, as a social Democrat, which is what she's like sort of always been, that means that you didn't read your theory because like if you understand like Lenin, you know, and you understand like the state and revolution and all that shit and the function of the state, then you would have known from the get go that this person was never going to be your this like hero that it's functionally impossible for a singular politician to do that within liberal democracy. And I think it's a little weird because we all understood that about Bernie. Like no one ever, the internet doesn't lose their fucking mind when he does shit like this, which he frankly does from time to time. I mean, he's, but they fucking did Jake. What about that shit at the inauguration with the, because he was sitting cold on a chair with, old gloves and an old jacket. And he was like <laughs> hugging himself. Cause he's a fucking ancient man. Yeah. But they, and like, liberals it wasn't even right-wing people it was liberals freaking out being like well if it was a woman that dressed like this to the inauguration you wouldn't be okay like people would be commenting on it like dude it was ridiculous oh so yeah i i do think that they do it um regardless well like, what i 
The well, emperor's clothes is part of their concern. Sure, but what what I meant was leftists yeah. because leftists yeah, okay. tend to if you look if you put a yeah. Bernie and AOC right. on a thing yeah. next to each other, he does a lot of the same shit that she does that they're calling her like a traitor for every week. Yeah. But with him it's like he's been around forever so we understand like oh he has to play the game. Like he literally like right. we give him benefit of the doubt. He campaigned for Hillary and Biden. Like if yeah. that's cringe as fuck. Like I hate that. But no one gets mad about it cuz we're all like, well of course he has to, right? But with AOC yeah. cuz she's like a new politician, like she came out like a couple like years she's ago. Com- she's compromising. Yeah. Right. And it's like we all yeah. thought, oh maybe there was this way that she could maintain I see, integrity, I see. Good right? Point. But yeah. it's like of course not. She's re- uh, incumbent to the same forces as Bernie, right? And that's just the nature <laughs> that's of That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I I didn't listen well <laughs> before, but now I get you. Um, I I fucking totally agree, and I want to like add. I guess that um, I don't know if what you said is a defense of AOC. I think it's a a call for like more rationality in the way that we weigh her and compare her and treat her compared to the way we by I mean leftists um, compare other politicians and i think that's fucking good and fair and something we should be thinking about um but also i would add this mass production thing right which is a thing that comes from communism this idea that like um the commodification of uh revolutionary ideals and revolutionary iconography and stuff like that is like period bad right I think that especially now in a world that I don't think um, that I think like Marxism needs to be adapted for because of like the full scale globalism and the like full scale connectivity through the Internet. Yeah. Uh, it means that the value of ideas is much greater than I think Marx could have imagined. Right. Like totally. Marx put much greater uh, emphasis on the value of labor. So of labor that produces a product that can be commodified and sold, right? So the way that your labor is stolen is directly through the production of goods through your labor, which someone else profits from, right? So when somebody, like let's say Walmart, makes fucking t-shirts with Che Guevara, um, it is bad. It is a commodification by a corporation of a revolutionary icon, icon and figure. Um, and it is specifically bad because a corporate entity is profiting off of something that is directly in the opposite ideals of how it exists, right? And what this person fought against and all of that stuff. But they're the good, if you can call it that, or maybe like the trade-off is that through their manufacturing capacity, they actually contribute to the spreading of the idea farther, right? Yeah. So, like, if you think of, like, a Hot Topic, right? So, when we were young, <laughs> you remember that Hot Topic was, like, poser shit, right? Yeah. Or are you after me? No, you remember Hot Topic was poser shit. Oh, no, shit. I was so angry about it when I was 14. Yeah, was yeah. Like, Hot it's... Topic was poser shit when that shit came out. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, the rich kids go and buy pants that are, like, pre-cut and have the fucking safety pins already put in them. And they're like, that's not the point, you fucking idiots. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, so, it was, like, this thing where it's just like, okay... Yeah, you are mass producing something like you're mass producing authenticity, right? Like that was the whole problem of it is that a lot of the aesthetic of being a punk or a raver, or rocker, or whatever in the 90s was about this like unique 
authenticity of like I rip my own things and I write on my own shit and all my shit has my own patches and all that stuff. Yeah. Even though, yeah, we all fit into a fucking archetype or whatever, but it was about like DIY in a lot of way, right? Yeah. So for Hot Topic to come and commodify that into like, we'll do it for all the fucking suburban white preppy nerds who want to copy that, but don't know how to tear a t-shirt properly, <laughs> uh, we'll sell it to them for $50. Sure, it got us a bunch of fucking posers, but it also got us some cool friends who did eventually get into the music and the good drugs and get the fucking ideology and get out of their suburb and move to a city and became friends with us. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it did sp- help spread just like the music did. Like, it's um, all the records they sold there and like yeah. the fucking T-shirts and stuff. That was yeah. most people's gateway into then finding better music and more authentic shit, and then arguably yeah. reaching this authenticity authenticity that we describe as being so valuable, which may be you know questionable even in itself itself in the long run. Looking yeah. back on, it. but like um, you know, nobody I know like I always distrust people when they tell me like, oh, my first album I ever bought was like the Clash or whatever. Because a, mm-hmm. you're either lying or b, that's true, and that is not the most common experience on Earth. So actually you're boring yeah. and like i don't want to yeah. you've never struggled and with you this. had no friends yeah, yeah. no <laughs> and like you were not fun because you thought you were better than everyone because you were listening to clash when we were listening to like some shitty band that was important in 1994 my first album was a uh, limp biscuit significant other and i think it's good again i'm coming back i'm one of those people that's back around on it yeah you're getting oh welcome to my age jake you're gonna love it <laughs> it's so good when and here's something you're gonna start to notice that you'll love which i'm in the sweet spot right now right i just turned 40 and i'm in the sweet spot of like a lot of media is being created by people my age or like two to four years older yeah so the soundtracks to movies the fucking <laughs> clothing like look how many 90s movies have come out uh sitcom like all everything is like oh sure the fashion <laughs> like because it's people my age feeling old and reminiscing and then they're like bringing back all the shit and i'm like i'm loving getting old but this is cool this is, i know this music <laughs> this makes me feel great love it so it's really fun you're gonna love it yeah if you're not sad about getting old if you're sad about getting old it's gonna make you think about your glory days and shit like that the pixies my are, glory in days are ahead now. of me huh so the pixies are in every movie now yeah see because we're getting i think we're getting into later 90s now in uh, early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I, I used to think like, um, I used to have uh, this real like time bomb hanging over my head at all times. It was like, when you're 30, you got to go back to college and fucking get a job and do all this crazy shit. And like the only art that gets made is by people in their 20s. And I think I believed that like because it was an external message that just came from whatever d- decade we were living in where like that yeah. was... It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. You, people get better at making music and shit like that when they get older. But like, it used to be the message coming out of like MTV or something like that it was just that it was this like useful thing. And if you get lucky, you can make money doing it. Otherwise, you have to stop. And like now, I'm, I'm pretty glad that actually we live in a world where like you can be like 50 and then like learn to play the guitar and make a punk album or yeah. something, and it's like totally fine. But to get back to the the why how this commodification stuff plays into the AOC thing, like um. I, I think you're right. And that's why I think that the this whole thing can be boiled down to a singular argument, which is whether people believe the old timey idea that commodification of ideas like this is counterintuitive to any destruction of them at all, 
or whether you believe this thing that you're describing, which I tend to agree with, which is that the idea actually is more pervasive and does better than, you know, it's the damage is being done by commodifying it. And, uh, I, that's why I don't care that much about this. I'm like, ultimately it's fine. This is, this is for some dork, some liberal dork to see yeah. that and then, you know, go on a journey themselves and then maybe yeah, become, and wrestle it out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She, she's hot and, topic. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And you got to decide like, basically either you're going to be the kind of lib who's like, Oh, well, that was a phase and I grew out of it and I'm back to being a centrist now and I only deal with the serious centrists who dress properly to events or <laughs> you are going to come out of it being like, oh, I see there is farther left and deeper uh, rebellion, rebellion than this. And you will actually find something. Um, oh, actually, can I tell you something fun? I don't know if this comic listens to our show, <laughs> um, but <laughs> I want to share it because it's funny, Jake. Uh, I guess. Maybe he did. I'm not sure if I personally yelled at him at uh, yelled at him on Twitter about Hamilton. I don't think I did. Okay, I'm very curious so, now. Yeah, so it's possible that he listened to our Hamilton episode. Okay, right? Because he basically uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Well, so he's like a white guy, right? And he, I remember, did tweet that he very much liked Hamilton, right? When it first came out on Disney Plus and it became available to us poor people. Uh huh. So he tweeted that he liked it. And then there was you and me and other Latinos tweeting about how actually it's bad. <laughs> and this is terrible. And you just stop acting like it's like some liberal fucking miracle. And I don't recall having a conflict with him or anything. But I'm guessing that maybe he listened to our episode to figure out like why we were against it. Right. So then this week <laughs> he wrote me a message. Which was like, how long ago was that? I don't know. I, I feel, the pandemic has really fucked up my time. It's like over a year ago, I think. Yeah, I don't even know. So he writes me a message this week and he was just like, Luisa, you know, I just want to tell you that um, I am one of the people that like really liked Hamilton. And I was like kind of annoyed and uh, like whatever hurt when people like didn't like it and I didn't get it while you were all like attacking it. And then he said he... Um, went and he read some more like leftist literature and more uh, critiques of the play and of the filmed version uh, written by people of color. And he was like, okay, so I understood, I got to the point where I understood where it was politically giving a bad message and representing slaveholders as like these heroic figures because they were somehow progressive when they weren't. And so like he, you know, nailed it and writes it all out. And he's like, so now I understand. And he's like, and so I still like Hamilton as like a fun play to watch. Yeah. But I realized that I am supposed to watch it, watch things critically or whatever. And so he's like, I just wanted to let you know, because I know people enjoy being right. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you know, that wasn't, wasn't the point. But it is, the point is to be able to take in whether it's entertainment's behavior in public in the public eye or the the create the media they create yeah. take it in critically like you can enjoy it you can enjoy the fact that AOC is a person who didn't come from a rich background going into a space that is normally preserved reserved sorry reserved for rich people who are there literally spending money just to have a photo op right yeah <laughs> because it doesn't even like do any good in the world really and those are the people who probably aren't confronted very often with like, oh, are you paying enough taxes, you rich person? <laughs> you know what I mean? So fuck it. Let her let her have her fucking thing where she's like saying that. It's not like she wore that to a fucking protest in the street. You right. know what I mean? That would be like, you don't know 
like you're missing your audience. You don't know what's going on here. But I just think it's not our business, man. Well, I she, think it's like, yeah, she also does like all, all this stuff. Like, I'm sorry. She get there's a controversy about her every week on Twitter and mm. no one ever talks about the, the things where she like skipped. She skipped the inauguration to go like give pizza and coffee to like yeah. striking workers and stuff like that. She does shit like that all the time. Anders uh, from my other podcast wrote a really good thread about it that where he said that uh, it does not feel like a coincidence to be that 99% of the AOC debates you see on here are entirely about aesthetics. How many times mm-hmm. has the algorithm shown you uh, her being cringe compared to repealing the fair cloth amendment or getting funds shifted yep. from the DEA to addiction recovery or getting toxic waste sites in Puerto Rico cleaned up and it goes on and on and on and on. And it's really good sort of goes yeah. through how this like there's one thing that's being played up and there's another thing that isn't. And I think that's for a reason because like, you know, it's hard. Your Twitter, especially out of all the social medias, is like really fine tuned to what emotionally provokes you, and especially in a negative way. So, like the same thing with hot topic. Like you know, th- they know how much you and I hate watching some fucking kid roll in there who doesn't know as much as us and do something really cringe, mm-hmm. like buy a some forty one shirt, and you want to be like, "That's not a real punk man." This yeah, other one yeah. is, or whatever. So, like that's the same thing that's being tapped into, but. It's counterintuitive. Like when I watch some person on Instagram, I know that's like, oh, slay queen or whatever. And I'm like, I hate this person. They fucking yelled at me about Hillary Clinton and now they like AOC and they don't see the differences there. (laughs) That's me. That's just my emotions. Like this is meaningless, but my emotions are playing a way bigger part in social media than they should because like it's wired that way. So like my, they're, they're just fucking twisting this knife and like hitting a nerve on all of us that's like personal. So we hate to see people be hypocrites, but you really, you should like, like the fact that liberals are glomming onto this stuff and i think it's a made-up boogeyman a little bit the the postmodern idea that like oh the fact that they like it is maybe like absorbing you know they're just going to turn it back into liberalism maybe it's not actually there's a lot to be said for that but like maybe no man i totally think you're right i totally think you're right because you know what i get a lot um even in the thing we're going to talk about in the fucking patreon episode with the mailbag is uh one person no here's a preview made some kind of comment i did i read this like two weeks ago so i don't know if i got it right but made some kind of comment where like the they said something to the effect of like i am the bad person in our argument about hassan and shit because i'm the kind of socialist that is being like such a purist that i am never like i'm too mean and this is why we can't get other like get people on our side (laughs) right and i've gotten this before right so if you're gonna believe that it is possible to be such a purist about leftism that you turn off people that we need to be our allies, then that means you need to accept when people go out there and do the work of being fucking sweet and likable and make the little approachable, small, incremental step to get people over to their side. It's not my kind of shit. Obviously, that's why you're yelling at me about being too much of a purist and whatever the fuck. So then what's the answer? If it's not to be too much of a purist and it's not to be a compromising little queen, then what's what's the answer? Right. Because the other thing that those people will defend all the time is like uh, yeah. Glenn Greenwald going on, on fucking Tucker Carlson and being like, what? You yeah. got to go talk to them. And it's like, well, OK, but AOC can't wear a dress to a fucking thing. Yeah. Like these those are the same compromise, but to like different yeah. people. And one of those groups of people is like fucking trying to kill all of us, you know? Well, they both are, mm-hmm. but in different ways, right? In and, different ways, yeah. <laughs> and one of them is closer to us and probably more amenable or whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. The other thing I was thinking about this is just in terms of like, uh, where do you draw the line in terms of just like uh, enjoying a thing? This goes back to that peg the patriarchy thing, honestly, because I was thinking about that and I was like, it's funny because some people are like, 
deconstructing this to a level where they're like, well, it's actually a beautiful sexual act or whatever. And it's like, (laughs) sure, but also what if she was just making a joke? Because jokes are like, like if I said the most classic insult of all time, which is just fuck you to somebody, you could come at me with like a sociology degree and be like, well, actually, Mm -hmm. fucking is a beautiful act. And how would you? Of the greatest intimacy. Yeah. And it's like, well, but you know what I meant when I said it, right? And like, um, that kind of reminds me of the way that we were talking about, uh, fuck, what was it? What was it? Um, damn it. I just had one of those things just leave my brain. I don't know. You're going to have to get in the Patreon episode, people. <laughs> uh, sign up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought this was great, and we should call this one Hot Topic. Hot Topic, something, yeah. Something derivative of that. Um, yeah, because we didn't really like watch anything. I have been watching a lot of terrible movies, but nothing. I remembered what it was. Oh, go for it. Okay. Yeah, it was, you um, babbling would help. <laughs> I was thinking about uh, Max because he retweeted this thing that I said, but I think that he it struck him pretty hard, which is that I said, um... I have no problem uh, with problematic artists. If I want to enjoy their work, I just stream them on Spotify because Spotify doesn't pay them <laughs> any money, right? And that's like a yeah. loophole around the argument or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I uh, I was thinking about that the other day because I was t- I tweeted a very one-off joke in the middle of the night where I used a clip from this rapper that I like, Aesop Rock, who's like one of those old Def Jux yep. guys. Um, he has a new album. I'm sorry. It's really good. Like, I don't know anything about this guy. It's really good. But somebody who's like really, really up on anarchist fucking woke shit and fighting cops in the street and being a fucking, uh, it was like, Hey, that guy like lives here in my city now. He's canceled. He's like horrible and all this shit. And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't know that. Um, also I'm not supporting him by promoting him. Well, I'm not promoting. I'm just referencing it, really. But also, like, even yeah. when I listen to him online, like, I'm not like there has to be a line you can draw somewhere where you're like, yeah, I respect your critical analysis of this, and I'm still going to enjoy this. And yeah. I think that's like really hard to square because we kind of equate like like enjoying a thing with then promoting it or whatever. They're all like deeply wound up or whatever. But like, it's weird because yes. I know it's true, and I still I'm like kind of looking at this and I'm like, I have such a deep relationship with this person's music who i've never met and who i believe is a bad person and i know when i'm saying fuck you that maybe that's like on some level oh you shouldn't equate fucking and uh, like these but like look at this in a practical sense i'm not gonna stop saying fuck you to people it's like the most classic thing ever and i'm (laughs) not gonna you know probably not gonna like stop listening to this person's music if i really think he's an asshole i'll pirate it so he doesn't get any fucking you know plays and i won't ever tell people about it or whatever but like also i don't know and i think this kind of overlaps back with this thing we're all like grappling with with aoc where we're like well if i don't say something about this am i signing off on it or like you know or are people complaining about it here's here's my point of view kind of i think i'm self going to be self-critical about let twitter leftists talk about it it's their job you know like they're supposed to deconstruct and criticize yeah. her and stuff. And maybe I'm like looking at this in a way where I'm taking it way too personally and going like, you know, no, I need to chime in and argue, but then it's just such a circular argument where it's like, well, okay, I'm allowed to, you're allowed to criticize me. We're allowed to ping pong back and forth. And definitely is, everything's fine, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's one of the things is that everything's fine. We are allowed to ping pong and my ping pong would be that the critique is not like, Coming from me is not that leftists are not allowed to talk about this or critique this. I should have phrased this better, which is that 
leftist, and I think that this is honestly what I meant with the Hassan thing too. It's not that you're not allowed to have a conversation where you're critically breaking down these people and their uh, role in society and what their actions do and do not entail. It's that everyone, for the most part, talking about both of these subjects, who's a leftist, was doing it from a defensive point. Um, yeah. As though if anyone attacks AOC, that means they're attacking you. And the problem is that I do think America conflates progressive Democrats with the left. Yeah. But our our job as leftists is not to be like, oh, well, you think she's one of us, so we have to fucking take it personally and rally around her for every single thing and act like you are a fucking piece of shit if you say anything. Instead of rallying around our ideals as leftists of actually all politicians are just tools in office to do our job and our bidding, and we don't love everything she does, but you're fucking stupid. We're not going to spend time talking about what they're wearing. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Right? Or if you want to talk about what they're wearing and why everybody's having this conversation about what they're wearing and what it means for our social fucking milieu and our political discourse, have that conversation. But most people aren't doing that. Jake, they're coming at it a very, from a very like, oh, what are you doing to fucking change the world? <laughs> you know, very just like <laughs> childishly defending someone that they uh, think is on their team or they were told is on their team. I don't know. It's fucking weird. Um, but I do agree with you that there is like a weird thing about um, enjoying. So you were saying that like uh, people will equate um, enjoying a thing with like endorsing it or giving it profit. Right. Or, you know, like. Yeah recommending it i guess the other side of that i agree is uh i agree with you but the other side is also that like people i think do that because they have internalized the idea that enjoying something is a reflection on what kind of person they are yeah totally whether they're good or not you know what i mean and this is something i've been thinking of because i'm gonna travel i'm gonna go to Colombia at the end of the month and i feel like shit about it because it's bad it's wrong <laughs> you know like there's a pandemic going on. Yes, I'm vaccinated. I have reasons for going that I don't even need to fucking like justify or whatever. But either way, like it's not OK. You know, I'm a developed country person going somewhere where not everyone has access to a vaccine uh, to possibly, you know, continue circulating variants and that kind of shit. And whatever. It just sucks. So I know people who are like going to Hawaii, who are going, who have gone to Hawaii this year, you know, and you saw that Hawaii put out a thing that's like, can you please stop coming to Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> You're killing us. They're like, literally like, please stop coming. And people are going to Hawaii this very month that I know. And what's fucked up is that like, I, so I'm going to travel internationally during a pandemic. I eat meat. Okay. I love cigarettes. I'm one week clean and it is killing me because I love cigarettes. Ooh, congratulations though. Thank you. Um, but here's the thing. I have never once postured as though it is okay that I love cigarettes or that I love meat or that I'm going to travel internationally during a pandemic. All right. I don't think I'm a good person for doing it. I don't necessarily think I'm a bad person, but I'm definitely not a good person for doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I am aware of the reasons why these things are bad for me and for the world and for society and for the universe and for the human next to me. <laughs> and yet I still do these things because I enjoy them. And to me, uh, art... Shitty art, yeah, is or is art, good art that comes from shitty people, I think is the same thing, which is like as long as you critically are aware and you understand and you do try to not contribute 
money as much as possible. But like, look, with meat, I contribute money to it. With international travel during fucking horrible pandemic times, I'm contributing money to do. Yeah. cigarettes. I'm contributing to, tom- to tobacco. You know what I mean? So like, you fucking watch a Woody Allen movie and I don't know, he gets fucking 25 cents because he went to some fucking theater. I don't know. Yeah, you're giving him money. I don't know that the... Well, you also don't have that much control over the situation just with your money. That's a, it's a very American idea yeah. that, like, you're buying exactly. and selling shit is what causes justice to happen in the world. Whereas, like, yeah, we exactly. do have situations where artists are shitty. The The way to solve that probably exists outside of telling people it's incumbent on them to buy or not buy their shit or enjoy or not enjoy their shit. Like, there's yeah. just other stuff going on here maybe just spitballing you know social services shit like that mental health and blah 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 and you know all sorts of stuff that would or just a better world in general maybe we'll stop creating people that are like damaged and then uh, aggressive to other people and blah 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 you know it's just reductive to go it's it's you it's you're you're bad if you bought a ticket and enjoyed a movie without even knowing you know Right. Or with but you know what though? If that if that person who thinks that you being like, Oh, I like this ASAP, I don't remember what you said, Rocky? ASAP Rock. Before? No, the guy Rock. who came before him. The, okay, ASAP Rock, okay. So um this person who's like, Oh, this ASAP is a bad guy, you shouldn't be promoting him, right? Because your word is like getting, sending more people his way or whatever. I think at this point we should bring up like the what I'm gonna call the asterisk asterisk principle which is uh, i totally just made up a name for it which is uh <laughs> this like narrative of like you know how in baseball i don't know if you knew that but in baseball uh in the, in the records right if you're like a person that has like all oh, the the most like fastest speed balls or the ma- most catches or whatever the fuck they're fastest speed balls yeah that's whatever me. yeah you get it <laughs> um they will retain their record if it turns out that later they cheated or they used drugs right Oh, interesting. They still retain their record, but they have an asterisk, asterisk, and their name. And then you would see at the bottom that the reason they have an asterisk is because they earned this title or this record while they were on drugs or while they were cheap. Wow. You get me? Yeah. And I do think, as like as a as a museum person, as an anthropologist, as a records keeper <laughs> for society, I actually think that this is the fairest way to treat. Um, records keeping for all of our culture right yeah which is uh you know like egyptians they used to like erase <laughs> so like people. in the karaoke book next to michael jackson's name there's like an asterisk and it's like yes yeah, by the way exactly. just so you know uh here's the long there's many asterisks there's the asterisk <laughs> yeah. the little upside down jesus cross like all the little symbols that are like footnote 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 yeah yeah uh exactly because you know like the egyptians are one example of many that used to uh basically like erase the culture not even the culture but like let's say uh the the rulers before them including all the art that was made in their honor and all and during their time and all that shit and you know you can be like cool great we decided for whatever reason this culture decided we don't want to remember that guy because he sucks but erasing them completely from history, I think, does a disservice to that culture in general. Whereas keeping them in history and putting an asterisk <laughs> next to their name forces you to always have to be like, what is this asterisk about? Right. And so, like, if the person who is accusing you of being like inconsiderate of how much power your word has, because if you say this, this rapper is good, people will believe he's good just because you said the album is good, you know? 
then they have to accept that if you know about the asterisk and every time you tell someone you really like this song, but it's made by this guy and here's where you should know, <laughs> then the strength of your word is carrying all of the context that should come with this artwork or this record in sports right, or this right, <laughs> decision right. in, in Congress. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I guess this is yet again me arguing for context. <laughs> okay. I like the yeah. asterisk system, though. I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's good because it's not deleting. It's uh, it's kind of like adding like a continuous record-keeping system. Yeah. Well, that is so like... like... Update. <laughs> we found out this guy's the rapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is like part of who the person is and if you know in a way that i don't even want to say it's fucked up i mean it's fucked up in the way the truth is fucked up it's not fun to think about but like yeah that's that's part of the experience you should have you know taking in their art or whatever yeah well think about this um as an example right so i work for media companies and often when it comes up that this comedian let's say turned out to be a rapist or a child pedophile whatever the fuck spin the wheel you'll land on one yeah you land on one and what the companies usually choose to do that own the content is just fucking put that shit in the vault (laughs) you know like we're just gonna pretend it never existed we're never gonna list it again we're never gonna put it up because this guy's bad right so the true arc of let's say comedy between let's say 2010 and 2020 will only exist in the heads of those of us who were there, Jake. Because the official record is con- continually being scrubbed of like this, this is not acceptable anymore. Right. You get me? So is that really the best way to go? Wouldn't it be, you know, granted I'm a museum person, but wouldn't it be to archive it with a note <laughs> as to why we don't love this guy anymore <laughs> instead of just being like, delete that quickly? Yeah. I don't know. It's maybe the asterisk is on the TV screen when they come on and stuff. That way. Yeah. Uh, actually, Disney Plus was doing that shit. Disney Plus was doing that thing where, um, I don't know if you saw this. This is my favorite thing about Disney Plus. They have their like animated shorts. They used to have, um, these things. They were like symphonies, animated symphonies, uh, which growing up in South America, since they were from the 1920s and 30s and 40s, that's what I got in the 80s. (laughs) So. Yeah. So coming to see them here now in my late 30s, I was like, holy shit. And if you look at Disney Plus, at least when I last checked it, you can check it there. You can check their content by decade. And so if you go to the 30s and the 40s, it's mostly these animated shorts. Right. Yeah. And frankly, a lot of them have some bad fucking iconography uh, that's like racially insensitive, yeah. and, you know, like different bad shit. Yeah. And so they just put a thing in the front <laughs> that's like, hey, this is something that was cool in whatever time this was made, but it's not reflective of Disney and it's fucking <laughs> blah, blah, blah right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I frankly think that's like the most fair way. You know, people shouldn't like you shouldn't be taking the N words out of fucking Tom. What's his face? Huckleberry or whatever right yeah mark twain uh yeah i think you should have them and have the forward and the teacher conversation the class conversation with the teacher and the students be about why this was common and why we consider this high literature i know we're going long but you know what's really interesting about that yeah is that um this came up back when everyone was talking about dr seuss and how they pulled some of his old books because of stuff like that 
you know, what's interesting about that is that you could still go to the library and get Mark Twain, right? Because Mark yeah. Twain is old enough to where it's not copyrighted or it's a, it's like public domain now, right? Which means there's not a capitalist interest in selling this shit, which is where that sort of like censorship often comes from. Like, so with yeah, the Dr. Seuss point. shit is the Dr. Seuss stuff is all owned by like his family and they made that decision because I think they foresaw that they could have got like fucking sued or canceled or whatever. So like the answer here probably lies again in you know in in society and socialism and things like that like just art it, this is byproducts Revolution. of fucking commodifying no art you know like <laughs> yeah it should be public and, and and if it's just for us to share and learn from then there's no incentive for any of this stuff that we're misidentifying as like you know a, a evil culture coming to get you no it's just capitalism capitalism is what cancels yeah. shit it fucking sucks yeah, I think this is the perfect place to end. Capitalism sucks. Go to your local Hot Topic. Yeah. Uh, Don't be mean to Hot Topic. Uh, yeah, you know, we're probably going to put this out tomorrow morning. So I guess if you're in New York City, um, our casual sets is on Wednesday, September 15th at Friends and Lovers in Brooklyn. Uh, come by. Should be fun. We'll see. It might be my last one. I don't know what's happening with this pandemic shit. Uh, but if you all show up and make me feel like I should risk my life next month. Am I might do it again. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Jake, anything you want to plug? Yeah. Um, so my album that I recorded like two years ago at this point is finally coming out. Um, and if you listen to Sirius XM at all, it'll air in full for the first time on September 24th at 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern. I think it's on the Stand Up Records channel. I'll have to look into that so I can promote it. But that's next cool. week. If you listen to the radio, satellite radio, that's a cool thing that's happening. Um Ellie Valley did the art. It's real fucking cool. And then that'll actually be out in uh, November. And other than that, no, nah, man, just follow me online, PDA streams, shit like that. Okay. We're around. Do the shit. Uh, write us an email if you have any complaints, comments, questions, whatever. Uh, whyyoumadpod at gmail.com. And then to hear the answer, you have to sign up to our Patreon, uh, which is like whatever amount of dollars you want. Because. We're socialists. We're not going to tell you how much to pay. Um, yeah. That's it. Bye. Bye.